0: And all God's people said? Amen. 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 Praise His name. Genesis chapter 45, please. We're going to finish up this series of sermons on the life of Joseph today. It's been nine weeks, over two months, that we've been studying this life. The last message we brought Sunday before last was the a prosperity test. Now... In, in in this Genesis forty five, I'm gonna I'll read my text in just a minute, but there's a after the last message I preached there's about three chapters are that that I'm skipping over to get to the end. And I just want to fill you in, in before I read the main text. Uh and so you hold your finger right there on Genesis forty five if you would, and uh And turn to back to chapter number forty-two, chapter forty-two, and let me try to fill us in. Now, uh, now you in the last message last Sunday, the prosperity test. Joseph was thirty years of age. Now, when I read my text in a few minutes. He's, he's going to be 39 years of old. 13 of those years was spent as a slave, and so so when he reaches to, uh, the place where he is made ruler under the pharaoh, uh, he's reached the early stages of his destiny, and that's what this series is all about: is we all got a destiny. And God has graciously has give us the life of Joseph, that takes up one third of the book of Genesis, that we may study that life. Now, there's no argument that Joseph is the most Christ-like man in all the Bible, but uh, and so he's reached he's reached his destiny, and uh, it he started out at age seventeen. And uh, you remember that all the tests that we covered, and today will be test number nine, but that first test was the pit test. Now we all going to have pit tests, and so God had a plan, a destiny for Joseph. But Joseph, you remember, he was a kid, and he had a pride problem. He he would tell on his brothers. You know, he's a tattletale. He wore that coat of many colors, and he, 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 all the dreams that he had, that the sheath bowed down, all the, the other sheep bowed down to him, and then eventually the sun and the moon bowed down to him. So he had a pride problem. But God provided a pit, and I'm here to tell you that that pride problem was settled. When his brother saw him coming wearing that coat of many colors, yonder he comes, yonder comes that dreamer, they said. Well, well, they were so angry at him, and it had, it had built up. Uh, in there, they wanted to kill him. But, you know, the rest of the story, they put him in a pit. And now I imagine, I, I would have loved to have heard the joy and going back and forth He's he in that pit. You little runt, you, you tattletale, who you think you are and all that. And, but something happened when he was in that pit. He realized maybe I did make my brothers angry, and so that pride that he was a little bit better than the rest of them is gone. And 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 as far as we know of in all the scripture, he's a different man, and now he's no longer he's no, he's depending not on his daddy that took him because he was the son of a in his old age, and so he loved them two boys. They were two. He had a younger brother named Benjamin. And oh, how he loved him! And so therefore, that pride test was gone. So pit test, pride test, and, and the next thing that happened there, because he, he now has been sold to the Ishmaelites in chains, tied to the back of a camel going to... He, he's depending on the Father in heaven. And so he knew that he, to be right with God, he had to forgive his brother. So that's the next test that we all must learn is the pardon test. Pardon test. If you can't forgive, if you're a person that's got your feelings on your cuffs, our, the devil sure going to step on it. And your feelings are going to get hurt. So we've got to get over things quick. And you've got to be able to, to do that. Because you can't, if you can't forgive, you can't be forgiven, and so God was with him, and so you remember he was sold at the he was sold at the potter's house, those Israelites sold into the potter's house, and that potter's house he learned some very things, very important principles that every one of us, if we're gonna have finish our destiny, we, the pattern is here for us, and so he, he was sold as a. As a slave, he became a slave in the potter's house. But now he didn't talk bad about others. He talked good to others. And so he esteemed all the others better than himself. All the other slaves, he made friends with them. And he went about talking good. and He had a smile on his face. And he was just a ray of sunshine to all the other workers. Matter of fact, he was so well favored that the potter made him over the whole house and the fields. So what's the principle that we must learn? It's stewardship. A steward is someone that takes care of something that don't belong to you. Well, God owns it all, folks. He owns it all. We're to be good stewards of the things of God. And so that's what exactly what he done. So to be over, and he was placed over, he had to be under that's a principle that, that we would learn how to submit to one another. Submit to the authorities, of the law. Then God is going to take note on it. And he can trust us with more power. And larger our territory. And so why does God give power? Why does He give power? He don't, he don't put power on flesh. We got to be walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh. And so He gives us power to help others. To make it a better world, a better church, a better community, and so God takes note on that. So these are divine principles that we got to get down pat. And so he learned good stewardship there in the house. He, uh, and so he learned how to give. That's another thing that he gave of himself. That's what we got to do. We got to be givers. Give ourselves to others. Help others. I don't know, but one way to serve God is he to help somebody. The only way. I can't give God advice and you can't either. You can't give Him something He don't already own, but I can give Him myself those created in His image. Good or bad, people. We're to love our enemies and do good to those who spitefully you us. We're to walk about doing good just like Jesus walked about doing good. Looking. Looking for a need to help somebody. That's why we're put on this earth to do that. And so... All right, so here, he, he learned, you he, he, remember at that potter's house, also something else happened. And, and I'm telling you, every step that Joseph took, God ordered it. Well, and now a few years, he was 17, and he's probably about 20 or 21 now, and he was well favored. And, and the potter's wife, Cast her eyes upon him and wanted him to lie with her and he would not. Long story short, the day that no one's in the house except the two, and she laid hands on him, but he left her, left his coat in her hand. Better lose your coat than your conscience. So what's, what's the principle? The principle is our conscience. Let me tell you something, folks. We all got a conscience and the Bible mentions all kind of consciences. Evil conscious, burned out conscious, seared conscious, world conscious, self conscious. But it's our conscious that's got to keep remain clean, clean that we can hear that small voice telling us, pricking our heart to. If we even think things wrong, we have to grow in the Lord become a discerner of our thoughts. So the battle between God and Satan happens right here, not out yonder in the swamp, or over yonder on a mountain. The mind then is the citadel, the conscious. And the wisest man that ever walked on this earth said, guard your conscious. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of the heart are the issues of life itself. You want to know life and, and know how have the abundant life? Got to keep the conscious clean, clear. All right? So he learned that at that, that potter's house. All right, and all the other tests, the pro, I, I wish they had time to just go all through the, the nine tests together, but I, we, we need to cut through all that. Not, but anyway, now, now, before I read my real text today, there's a couple of chapters that we're going to skip over. I just want to read a couple of verses. For example, in, well, let's look in uh, chapter 42. Look at 42 and verse number 8. So at this time, you know, the the uh, famine is already two years into the famine, and they need corn, and, and he sends his son Joseph sends his sons down there to Egypt to get corn because the famine was not just restricted to Egypt, it was restricted to the known world at that time. And so he sent them down there, and, and in this verse it says, uh." uh let me read verse seven two. Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but he made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them, and said unto them, Whence come you? And they said, From the land of Canaan. And Joseph knew his brother, but they did not know him. And so he remembered all the things happened. So what he does, he he, he when he. He asked about the family, where they're from, and he asked about his daddy, and he asked about his younger brother. And matter of fact, let's see what it says in chapter number 43. In chapter 43 and verse number 29, 43 and 29, it says, uh, well, let me say this now. You know, he, he, he... he said, "You're all a spies." No, we're not spies. He said, "Well, how do I know if your younger brother is still up with the father? I want to see him to know that you're not spies." So they, so they, go back and they bring Benjamin, his younger brother, his blood brother. And this is where he picks up in verse 29. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spake of me? And he said, God be gracious to thee. And Joseph made haste, and his bows did yearn upon his brother. He sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there. Can you imagine that, folks? Seen his brother after all them years, his younger blood brother, and he wept. But he still did not make himself known to them. Uh, so let's go next to chapter uh, 44. Chapter 44 and verse 28 and 29. It'll catch us up to date. Chapter 44. Verses uh, 28 and 29. All right. Chapter 44, 28 and 29. Okay. And he went out from me, and I surely, he had torn to pieces, and I saw him. Not since, and if he take this also from me, mischief will fall upon me. He shall bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. And therefore, when I come to my servant the father, and the lad is not with us, seeing that it my life is bound up in the lad's life, and so, uh, so for that reason, then he, he, he. he let him go. Now he says, now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead, let the lad a bondsman to the Lord, and let the lad go up to his brother, for I shall go up to my father, and lad be not with me preadventure, see the evil that has come upon me. And so he wanted to keep him there, but it would it would make his father so sad that it would uh that it it would he would die because of, of the sorrow of losing the two sons by the wife that he really loved now all right so let's read our text now this is my main text today is in 45 let's read it then Joseph could not refrain himself before them. He stood before him and he cried. Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him. While Joseph himself made known unto his brethren. Can you all imagine? And he wept aloud. And the Egyptian in the house of the Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said to his brethren. I am Joseph. Doeth my father yet live and and his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brother, Come near to me, and pray, I pray you. And they came near, and they said, I am Joseph your brother, whom you sold in, into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved. Note this now. This is why he's Christ-like. Be not grieved nor angry with yourselves, that you should you sold me hither for God did send me before you to preserve life for these two years has the famine been in the land and yet there are five more years in which there shall neither be airing or harvest and God sent me before you to preserve you to prosperity in the earth and to save your lives and be a great deliverer and now it is not you that sent me, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and the Lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say to him, Thus saith the son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, and tarry not, that thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me and thy ch- then thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flock, and thy herd, and thy hast, and I will nourish thee. Yet there are five years of famine, l- lest thou and thy household, and all that thou hast come to poverty. My soul, ladies and gentlemen. How touching is that? Well, well... Folks, you know, I write Romans 8, 28 on this whole thing. All things work together for good. Didn't say all things were good, but it works together for good. How we need to have that philosophy about life. So we're talking about in this series of sermon, our destiny on this earth. Everyone sitting here, beginning with me, has a destiny. God had, has a plan for us. Matter of fact, everything God created has a purpose. I don't care what it, If it's life, if it's, I'm talking about, if it's a talking donkey or a crowing rooster crowing at the right time or a go down to the sea and the first fish find a coin in his mouth, everything has a purpose, has a purpose. And so Joseph says, don't be grieved. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. And so uh, it may be, you know, that, that we need to think about this, that, that uh, we need to mimic those of great faith. matter of fact, if you go to Hebrews over there, it tells you those that have had great faith whose faith follow. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you what now. This secret message we bought is for, is for God's glory. And we're to study these things that happen in Joseph's life. And I hope that you all remember these series of messages. And the series before that about how to, the Nehemiah's ball, how, how God used one man, Nehemiah, to, to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem, the holy city of God. How we can gain back what we've lost. And, and my soul I looked through the scriptures all the providential things that happened in scripture caused me to just stand in know oh, how did one Jewish maid Esther go in and save a nation from being killed and so God we can all do great exploits if we if we just if we would get into this book yo know, and 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 Old Testament stories, it, it, it didn't say when he went to Potter's house to be a good steward. We had to figure it out as we read the story. That's, that's exactly what I did in all these, is to figure out how it made him a ruler over a, all, all these things. We had to, that's revealed, you know, God revelation knowledge as, as we study the Scripture. Now, Now, Joseph, you know, he honored God. He was a soul Christ like even up there in a that prison, that's what got me, in the prison, that he that he still had that attitude even among I mean some wicked people was in prison. Some way, somehow he made himself make himself available to be a ray of sunshine to them, and therefore in the prison itself. All the other prisoners loved him. And the jailers, those in charge, put him in charge of all the other prisoners. You know, and that's when he started interpreting dreams. You remember that story, how he interpreted the butler's dream and the uh, the uh, chief baker's dream, and how eventually he discovered that uh, when the baker got out and freed, did he remember Joseph in prison? Told the Pharaoh when he had a bad dream. There's one man down there in prison; he can interpret dreams, and one step after another. And by the time he's thirty, he, he he was thirty years old when he became thirty years old when he became the ruler. Thirty years old, and so now nine years later, that's. Uh, seven years of good years and two years already and that's where we're at right now in this text right here. And I'm tell you what a journey it's been. What a journey it's been. I look, you know, I thought about my destiny. I know that my destiny began back when I, out of high school joined the Navy. And I went into the third world countries and I tell you, I saw poverty then like i never seen it in the Philippine Islands and over in China and these different places that we went in these third world countries, that God, oh, because I, my mother taught me, raised me a boy to be good to those that don't have or unfortunate, and and he was preparing me. And so when I was introduced to that work in Trinidad, and I've been doing it now for, since the 1970s. By the way, I got a... Uh, a message yesterday for the pastor we started just a few weeks ago uh, a month ago so that he's having a baptism already Yeah, my soul folk and I know that that work that's been my destiny now I'm going to be true as true as I can I don't ask for no money I just present needs now what I'll tell you right now when you give to a cause that's that's spiritual, that's redemptive in this nature. It builds people up and spreads the gospel. Whatever this church gives is going to come back to you many times over. Many times over. And so he honored. He, he Joseph honored God. I hope you see that. I hope you go back and read these tests over and remember these tests. We took. And I guess some of them on tapes. Back there you can get get the tapes and that you'll remember these tests. Because I promise you now. So help me God. God's got destiny for you. And for me. And so. I, I, you know what. Well, I tell you what. I, I, I'm just going. Very quickly now. It's If this hope will be helpful to you. To know how you can know your destiny. This is common sense to me. I say is what what God gave me to give to y'all, how you can know your destiny that uh, will be a guide to discover your destiny and your purpose on His life. And it's four things, and I'll go through them as quick as I can. First of all, number one, believe and receive this truth that I'm fishing to mention. God has a purpose and destiny for you. You must believe that. You're not an accident. And so we must adhere to this truth that God created me for a purpose. And uh, so, but you know, from eternity past, even before the foundation of the earth. Look, now, this is deep what I've been to say. God is not in time. Time is in Him. He said, I am Alpha and Omega. And matter of fact, there's coming a day. The Bible says in Revelation that time will be no more and we'll be in eternity. So God is never in time. So He's the God back yonder before the world, before the, even the foundation of the world, the book of life was written. Because God is not in time, He's the now God. Now, He knew what your choice and your choice, my choice would be. And that book of life was written twice in Revelation. Whosoever name was not written in the book of life from the foundation of the earth was cast into the lake of fire. We serve an awesome God. He's awesome in every way you look. (laughs) Awesome God. And and so, uh, now... So we all created with a purpose. Now the world will tell you different. You know, you just are created being you here because mom and daddy got together. But that's not true. He created you while you was yet in your mother's womb. He said he said the Lord has, He controlled my reigns. I was wonderfully covered in my mother's womb, in my mother's womb. And marvelous are your work, he says. And so we we're created uniquely different. No person on this earth got your fingerprints, your look, your eye, your, your uh, uh, ways. We're, we're different, uniquely different, with different talents and different gifts. But I want to say this now to prove what I'm saying. In Romans uh, 11, we, the Bible says that our gifts and calling, that is from the foundation, our gifts and calling is without repentance. So that's proof. By him saying that, that he's got a plan for us. Uh, gifts and callings without repentance. He, he had plans. And one day, we're going to see our plans, what God had for our life. And how we lived them out. So it's so important to learn why you're here on this earth. Why did God add you to the church? If you're saved, you've got a spiritual gift. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, he's given to every man. Uh, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man severally as He wills. You don't choose to give. God gives you the gift that you have. And sometimes He gives you more than one gift. There's some sitting here this morning got more than one gift. I promise you, I, I, I believe it with all my heart. Some of you got more than one gift. Got several gifts. But why do you give them? It says in the same verse, to profit with all. To profit the body of Christ. That's gifts. To build one another up in faith a good example was this morning. Listen what happened this morning is a God thing. And I'm telling you how y'all need to pray to keep the devil out of this church and watch what you say, how you say it don't offend another brother because it will grieve the Holy Spirit in here. When you have business meeting, let it be decent and in order. And, and don't offend someone don't get into a gang 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 you know and all that no don't do it <laughs> oh my soul so believe that god has a purpose for you now uh secondly i want you to receive the understanding and you must specially knowing everybody here know we're in strange time the 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 last days are coming on us fast and so receive with understanding that God is always in control you better remember that God is in control never make a decision when you're upset depressed discouraged don't do it Don't make a decision. You wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And I tell you, sometimes that's not easy. But Isaiah chapter 40, it says, wait on the Lord. Uh, It it, it tells us that, to do that. Now, so with understanding, so just as Joseph lived one day at a time, so should we. I, I believe, this preacher believes that God's grace is sufficient one day at a time. We're not to go into tomorrow and bring problems over in today. What if this happens? God's grace is sufficient. Matter of fact, Jesus said, uh, take no thought of tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of the things itself, and sufficient is the day is the, to the evil thereof, meaning there's going to be evil in every day that we live. But when that day comes, God's grace is sufficient for today. Live today. Today, this is a day the Lord hath made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it, in this day. And so, just take one step at a time through, through all the tests that we do. As a matter of fact, we're all going to be tested just like Joseph was. In every area, the same test that Joseph test. tested, every last one of them we're going to take. Second Corinthians six seventeen says, Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and uh, you'll be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. So we've got to be different, coming out from the world, that means that, you, you know, we to love people, but we don't. In certain places, you ought not to go. Certain things you ought not to look at. we got crucified eyes, crucified feet, crucified hands. And so come out from the world. Talk different. Act different. React different. All right? And so, all right. <clears throat> Joseph, he trusted God. He really did. He trusted God with all his heart. But they that wait up on the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings of eagles and shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. If you're a person, you know it faints real easy. You're going to be tossed to and fro. So don't take one day at a time and be careful at nothing and pray about everything, folks. Pray about everything. Now... All right, Matthew 6, 33 says, Trust the Lord. It says, Set your affection on things above. or Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so He will guide you. He will number your steps as you move from faith to faith. My Bible says that the just shall live. It is written that the just shall live by faith. And every man, every person on this earth has been given a measure of faith. Did you realize that? That's the gift that God gives. Every man is given a measure of faith. And it's where you put that faith. If you put that faith in God, then you will get more faith. And you'll get more strength. And you'll get more light. And you'll get more thoughts. Your thoughts will be established as you walk hand in hand with the Lord. And so the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Is what? It leaves it blank there. God is all you need. God's your wisdom. He's your strength. He's your identity. He's your purpose for living. He's your justifier. He's your hope. He's everything. And so... The rest of the verse says, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. A rewarder for them that diligently seek him in the word of God. Diligently seek him and seek his ways. Learn these principles in God's word. But I tell you right now, when we fail to believe, take matters into our own hands, there's no need to get upset. You know, and, and and it happened. Oh, y'all pray. I don't know what I'm going to do. You ain't got to do that. You ain't got to do that. Look. Did you know it's a done deal for a child of God? And a lot of times, the Lord talks as if it's already done. But it hadn't been done, but it will be done. Them He knew. Them that He foreknew, He predestined. Them that He predestined, He called. Them He called he glorified. That's Romans chapter eight. Glorified means a new body. Well, I ain't got a new body, but I'm gonna have, and you will too, that if you're saved. God God is saying it as if it's already done. And if you believe it, even though it hadn't had, hadn't happened, but it will happen, that's called faith. And that faith pleases God. And I've asked God for the faith life years ago. I want a faith life. I do. And so, you know, I'll tell you what, if, if, if you doubt God, and these days are going to come on us pretty soon. They already started. They're coming. And if you take matters to your own hand and walk in your strength, I'm telling you, you you're not going to persevere. And you're going to be, and you're going to be bewildered Trouble conscious. All right. So the third thing, key, that I, I, I would suggest to y'all to find your destiny and your gifts is, is, is seek, discover, you've got to discover your gifts. There's no way around it. You need to know what your spiritual gift is. And you'll find those gift chapters in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. And also Romans twelve, there's gifts there, and uh, but you need to know you give because gift is part of your destiny. It's part of your destiny. So day you got you got to give when you were saved, and so you study these gifts. Some gifts are are ministry type gifts. Motiv- there's seven motivational gifts. There's gifts of exhortation. There's discernment, rulers, leaders, mercy gifts. Sympathy gives. All God gives to profit the church. And uh, who's going to minister? The gift of ministry, all ministry gives. Who's going to minister to the children? Takes back there at the Sunday school class. Who's going to minister to the teenagers? Who's going to minister to the old people? Who's going to minister to those in jail? Or those that's homes is going through a, a very difficult time? The gifts are right here in this church and the express right here this morning but this is just a taste this morning what we got this morning he got big plan for you big big plan for you and so God help you they all serve as gifts now look folks last thing number four I would suggest after you discover your gift and you you can do it through prayer if you don't know what you're gifted get out to this need and don't don't I mean storm heaven with your gifts, with your prayers. God showed me what I'm supposed to be doing to help somebody. Because they're all service gifts. Alright? Uh, to build up, the, there's so many categories. Uh, they're broad, these broad gifts, they're so broad to, to cover everyone's need. And so I would say lastly set your course by faith. Hebrews 2 and 1 says we all Therefore, give earnest heed to the things that we hear, lest any time they slip. So, we're talking about purpose now in this whole series of sermons. And God has, I feel like God has sent me to this church. I really, really do. Think about what we covered back there. Eight weeks on grace the walls rebuilt. and now the life of for the most Christ-like man in the Bible. We've seen his complete biography, his destiny, time 17 to 110 years old. And what, what, are, what are you going to do with these tests? Well, they fall by the wayside. We've got the four kind of hearts here, are the four kind of hearts. Wayside hearts is so busy earning a living doing this and doing it that's the wayside your, your living your lifestyle falls by the wayside next heart next kind of heart Jesus said is a stony heart that means well here's something but when the sun comes out it it dies and then the thorny ground concerns so many so troubled conscious so troubled conscious that it chokes out the Word of God to have effect. See, Jesus said, My Word is spirit and life. And so we need that Word into our lives. Man can't live by bread alone. And so, what is Hurricane Baptist Church going to do with these series of tests? What you going to do? You're going to do something. <laughs> well, you know, I, I asked the Lord to give me an illustration of a purpose, and I thought of one that happened right over there in Mississippi years ago. There was a man and a woman who raised their family and their children. They all left home and moved into another state, All of them. They was left and they way out in the country, kind of like it is here, way out the country. And at about up in the 60s, the husband had a massive heart attack and died, leaving her. And her children were so concerned about her being out there in that country so far from everybody. Oh, she had some neighbors out there, a few neighbors. And she had lived her whole life out there and went to a little country church. And she raised gardens. She was real good. She loved flowers and roses and lilies and all this. Just a real fine Christian lady. Really used in that church. But they were concerned, so mama there's a piece of property right outside the city limits down there. We wanted you to move it, sell this home, move down there where you'd be close to the doctor. The church, uh, when you get to where you can't drive, we, the church run, uh, runs a, a bus to pick up people, to shut in and so forth, and bring them to church. You'll be right there close to where you can get help if you need it. So she did. And she joined that big Baptist church down there, first Baptist church. And it was a big church with a lot of educated people, doctors and nurses and uh, school teachers and merchants and a lot of smart people. She said, I I can't fit in here. I don't know what I can do. And she talked to the pastor. She prayed about it. Said, you love flowers? Talk to the pastor about putting flowers in the house of God. And and he was a good pastor. He really was. And so the story goes, this is an amazing story. It's a true story. She got out there and started digging in some dirt and tilling up some land. And, and a man stopped in a dump truck and so he said, you need some topsoil. He had said, yeah, I could use some. He said, dump some here in the yard where she was going to plant the, uh, f- some flowers and all and and then that same week she was working out there getting that ground ready a a cadillac big long cadillac stopped in the street there and said uh said what are you doing says i'm getting ready to plant flowers she says thank god says i thought i was going insane she said the lord moved on me last night she had done some work there in her home and she had a lot of tub full of bulbs, lily bulbs. She said, told me to go until I've seen someone uh, working in a yard. And so she unloaded all them bulbs and she planted them. Or the day come, she went and talked to the pastor and said, I'm, I want to put some flowers in the house of God. Watch this now. She get bouquets of lilies. Now they, I tell you, God made a lot of flowers. He never, never made one that smelled any sweeter than a lily. She put one in every window. One, two, three, four, four, eight, and put one in the bathroom back here. And that morning, when people come to church, about, it's like 500 people Filled that oratory up and they walked in the door the fragrance that took the breath. And then the pastor, the pastor told the story of what happened. This little lady, this little lady wanted to do something for the Lord and to use uh, her uh, energies for His glory to put flowers in the house of God. Now look, and then the pastor made a challenge to all. This is her life, her destiny, to do this. What's your destiny? Do you know what your destiny is? Have you thought about it? Or are you just going along to be along? Long story short, revival broke out. Testimony started giving. I need this. and It, it happened like what happened here a while ago in that church. And many got saved that morning. And a revival that changed that church. And that church started doing mission work all the way to Russia. Put, put people in Russia. That church grew so. And so, look, folks. We're here. None of us are here by accident. We're here. Why did God create you? You know, all the, all, all the what you do for Christ is what counts. What we do for Christ. And we will face Christ one day. Well that's a promise. We'll all face Christ. So now is the accepted time. For us to make our mind up. to what we want to do. And I tell you. When you start walking with the Lord. I like what it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is now. No condemnation to those that are in Christ. Who walk not. After the flesh, but after the spirit, so walk after the spirit, deny yourself, live for God by serving others and helping others, and build this church up everybody make a make a list of people you need to pray for, start a prayer journal, get a visitation list at least visit somebody at least couple of, once a week or Or every two weeks, go see somebody. Not go into the highways and byways. We're in this thing together. We're all called to win souls. All called to build one another up in the faith. And watch watch life open up like a book. And I want you all to pray for me and my work in Trinidad. I tell you, this is the last nation to get the gospel to. And it's a growing. It's a-going. All right. Let's stand.